Welcome to Pop Sugar Rush. Before we begin, we'd like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land in which we're recording and pay respects to elders past and present. Pop Sugar Rush is brought to you by Prime Video. Sign up now to watch all the series and movies you'll love, like Gen V, the new spin-off series of The Boys, or Hot Potato, the new documentary all about the history of The Wiggles. Hello! Hi! Welcome to Pop Sugar Rush, your place to fill up on everything pop culture faster than Selena Gomez can re-download her Instagram after telling the world that she was deleting it. (laughs) I think it was literally like 11 or 12 hours. Honestly, relatable though. (laughs) I know, like, this is the most I've ever related to Selena Gomez with her 400 plus million Instagram followers. When people put up a story being like, hey guys, I'm deleting my Instagram, like contact me on my phone if you need me. Just taking a break and then I'm back. <laughs> For me, if I'll do that, it'd be crickets. Yeah. <laughs> it'd be like, good. Like, we, <laughs> stuff was annoying anyway. Finally. How are you doing? I am great and I am excited. We were just saying off air, we've got so much to get through today. Anyway, let's, let's get into it. Let's get into it. <laughs> Jawbreakers, bits from the internet that made us OMG IRL. So, my jawbreaker... You may have seen this image floating a boot on the internet. <laughs> Kylie Jenner posing on the red carpet for the Wall Street Journal magazine 2023 Innovator Awards. That's a thing. Wow. Kylie Jenner posing on the red carpet next to none other than Martin Scorsese. I didn't see this. Truly, it is the duo I didn't know I needed. <laughs> People are losing their mind that these two people exist in the same universe. Yeah. And frankly, I'm still not sure Kylie Jenner and Martin Scorsese do exist in the same universe. AI has been tricking us all lately. (laughs) But some of the tweets going around about it are so funny. That tall guy, O2. Great username, by the way. Well, I have that tall guy, O1. I was going to say, you should have gone for that name. (laughs) (laughs) Um, They said, seeing Martin Scorsese use TikTok is a similar feeling to when my cousins got my grandma to do a dab six years ago. (laughs) Because I don't know if you've seen this, but Martin Scorsese's granddaughter, Francesca, is a TikTok queen. Yes, I I actually saw this the other day and I was like, is that actually Martin Scorsese? Yeah, him and his big eyebrows and his little, like, little wholesome (laughs) self. He's just like, he just seems like a really nice man and his movies slap. But going back to Kylie Jenner, this link up is so bizarre and outrageous. I want to put it to you. What is the most random celebrity link up of all time? I have several in the bank. I don't know if it's random, but do you remember the iconic photo of Lindsay Lohan, Paris Hilton, and Britney Spears in that car when they were what? hiding from the paps? That is just that is the blueprint. Yeah. That yes. is the blueprint. Um, I don't know if you've read the Woman in Me, Britney I Spears' have, book, yes. but that's literally referenced in the book. It's that iconic. And it, it blew my tiny mind when it was. I was just like, oh, perfect. I know. And I liked that they were just friends. Because I know Paris Hilton's been a bit shady to Miss Lindsay Lohan recently. Yeah. Well, not recently, just in the past. But I liked that, that was just three girlies on a night out, maybe had a bit too much Savblanc. Blanc. <laughs> I have two. So my first one, <laughs> my first one is when Michael Cera hung out with the cast of Jersey Shore. What? Oh my God, <laughs> his hair. That is Pauly D chic. <laughs> no, he's wearing an Ed Hardy t-shirt, by the way. I, I don't know. know if you remember the iconic brand Ed Hardy. It's got a tiger on it, probably some Diamantes as well. Probably set him back like $800. <laughs> um, I, it's, it's a real um, 
touch point in time, this photo, and that event where they were all hanging out. I love Jersey Shore. I am a Jersey Shore stan. I was once at a point in my life where I could quote the letter Jenny and Snooky wrote to Sammy about Ron cheating on her <laughs> by heart. That is that is not that is not a lie. That is a real fact about me. Um, but I like it when celebrities of two different worlds collide because it makes me <laughs> remember that the world is nonsense. <laughs> so why was Kylie Jenner posing with Martin Scorsese? Well, they were both uh, being celebrated, I think, at these Innovator right. Awards. But then Martin Scorsese grabbed Francesca's phone for her TikTok to do a TikTok with Kylie. Oh, wow. Which is smart of Kylie because Francesca's TikTok is probably more well-known than Kylie Jenner's TikTok, if yeah. that makes sense. Um, and I appreciate that she was like, you know what? Why not? Maybe she's parlaying this into a movie career. Martin Scorsese's next epic. Leonardo <laughs> DiCaprio, Kylie Jenner. Oscars abound. All right. Give me your job, <laughs> Okay. I've got a very fun headline for you. Jacob Elordi reveals to Entertainment Weekly he ate a pound of bacon a day in preparation to play Elvis for Priscilla. <laughs> It's my favourite. It's my favourite. I love him. It was just the most captivating headline for me. I just feel like these details are just so silly. And out of the entire interview, I love that this is what everybody is running with. So, Literally, who asked? (laughs) Who asked that? So in case you are unaware, Jacob Elordi is set to play Elvis in Sofia Coppola's upcoming film, Priscilla. So he's doing the rounds, doing interviews, and he said, I average like a pound of bacon a day. It's not that noticeable because I'm quite long, but I was the biggest I've ever been. Because <laughs> I'm quite long. So Jake, <laughs> he's what six five. He's quite gone, tall. He has gone full. He's gone full method for this role, allegedly. Uh, I and the guess. way that he's done that <laughs> is guess. by eating a pound of bacon every day. I mean, whatever gets you there. But Jesus <laughs> Christ. So apparently, Elvis's favorite sandwich was called the Fool's Gold Sandwich, which had. <laughs> a full loaf of sourdough bread, peanut butter, jelly, and bacon. Oh, just a light breakfast. That's really, <laughs> it's giving when you go to the buffet at a hotel when you're like 13 and just put everything onto your plate and just like yeah. num, 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 num. Well, did you see Austin Butler's Elvis? Yes. So that movie touched on Elvis's problems with, I guess, addiction. Um, and I guess this was a symptom of that, mm. this alleged sandwich. I don't know why Jacob Elordi would choose that route. <laughs> Because Austin Butler, you know what he did? He just, like, adopted the voice for two years, dumped his girlfriend of ten years, and just, like, didn't speak to his family. He was like... Thank you very much. Took it that was so, pretty good. That, that was, was pretty really good. good. That was pretty good. Oh my You're God. in your voice impersonating era. If anyone else wants to make an Elvis biopic, <laughs> since it's all the rage these days, let me know. I am ready. I will eat a pound of bacon a day if I must. I'm already there. Yeah. Uh, what I loved about this headline as well is I think when we think of method actors traditionally, that they take themselves very seriously. You know, like Christian Bale in The Machinist, Natalie Portman, Black Swan, some really big oh, iconic Natalie roles. Natalie Portman in Black Swan. I know. Some My really favorite. big iconic roles where the actors are obviously taking it seriously. I'm not saying that Jacob Elordi isn't doing that, but I just feel like this as a focal point for his method acting in this process is just hilarious. To I, me. Feel a, I feel a bit bad for him because this is going to be the thing that defines his I performance. Know. And he's probably he's probably very good in it. Like I Jacob Elordi is doing a lot of the right things lately. I was gonna say for me, and then that reels <laughs> like that's a little too spicy. <laughs> but like he Andy Cohen asked him. <clears throat> yesterday in an interview, what straight men think of Kylie Minogue in Australia? Because Andy Cohen was here for World Pride when Kylie Minogue performed. And Jacob Elordi went, and I quote, she's a national treasure, period. And I was like, 
Facts. facts. <laughs> it's just one of the girls, isn't to, he? To quote Ice Spice, facts. So like. do you think there's something to say about Aussie actors maybe taking themselves a little bit less seriously? Or Maybe. I think, like, you look at Kate Blanchett, who's probably, like, one of the most celebrated actors alive right now, and she's always cracking jokes and mm. playing silly buggers. <laughs> like Mar- Eating bacon. <laughs> well, like Margot Robbie, like, she's always very, like, personable. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of an Australian actor who's, like, quite... Quite serious. Hoity-toity and... I don't think they exist. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I'm thinking like even Hugh Jackman. I think they're always like quite playful in the interviews, whether or not that's like a caricature that they have to fit into being like an Aussie trying to crack it in Hollywood. But mm. look, I'm really excited to see Jacob Elordi in this role and Me to too. see the story of Priscilla told from Priscilla's POV. I know. I, I am like wondering if we get into the movie and it's just him eating bacon in every scene. <laughs> Do you reckon, like, you know he how... He actually has Hoyt's, no lines. He's Hoyt's, just eating Hoyt, bacon. Hoyt's do specials for, like, you know, merch and everything, but it'll just be bacon sandwiches <laughs> for everyone. <laughs> oh, my God, that is such a good idea. If anyone's listening that has the power to make that happen, put it to use. The Spoonful, serving up a taste of what everyone's streaming. This is Big Brother. Today we are talking about the new Australian series of Big Brother. Did you watch the premiere? I did watch the premiere. It was surprisingly enjoyable. Yeah, it was chaos, but, like, in the best way. It was. So, in case you have missed the memo about this newest season of Big Brother Australia, it is all about love, dating, and things that happen in that world. Yes. Um, How this makes it different from Love Island, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) It's called Big Brother. (laughs) (laughs) They have someone goes, this is Big Brother. (laughs) Big Brother has such a special place in, I think, the Australian television lexicon, Mm -hmm. we'll say. I think of Australian Idol in its heyday with Mark Holden and his touchdowns. And I think of Big Brother because it was one of those things where everyone just tuned in to watch. And it was on multiple nights a week as well. I think it was on every night a week. And you'd go to school the next day and be like, did you watch Big Brother? It was like everyone was talking about it. And it it was just watching really normal people of all different walks of life and of all different genders and ethnicities and uh, body types just live. And that's what I really liked about it is because it wasn't all about who was going to hook up. Mm. It was just seeing how these people coexisted with one another. And sometimes, you know, people hooking up was a storyline, but it definitely wasn't the main thing. No, totally. But now we're in the era of Love Island, of F-Boy Island, of Bachelor in Paradise. There's always an island involved. Do you think there's a place for, like, these voyeuristic type reality shows without the element of romance. Do you I think mean, that can exist? I wish, I really wish there was, but I think previous seasons of Big Brother that have flopped probably tell us that maybe the mm. public aren't just aren't as open to it as we once were. But it seems like they have consistently missed the mark. And everybody, like the general consensus online is everybody loved that old format. You know, the OG times where you'd be, but I guess like free to air TV, the whole landscape has changed because of streaming as well. Totally. But back then everyone would be so excited to tune in. Like you said, it's just about everyday people. We had things like Friday Night Live, which was a game show that was on every week. I have a shrine. I don't, this is a joke, but I should build one. <laughs> I have, I should build a shrine to Mike Goldman, Brie Amar and Fitzy, Ryan oh, Fitzgerald because those yes. three, oh. 
It was just so great. But I, I don't know. I think last year was okay, the season of Big Brother that they did, because they actually brought back some of those OGs and then had them mixed in with new people. Oh, yeah, really? Yeah, yeah. So notable? they had people like Tully. She came back for yes. another season and they had Drew. Some really big names, like in the Big Brother, kind of the law of Big Brother. The law of but Big I, Brother. I, so I watched last season and some episodes for me, I was like, oh, it's a bit of a snooze fest, but I'll just keep watching like kind of bit of a background show. Mm-hmm. I tuned into the premiere last night and I thought, you know what? I could actually get into this. I know. I wasn't, I was ready to ride it off and I don't think I've written it off. I was enjoying it. I will say there's several point of differences we have to establish between Big Brother when the world, when Australia was watching it, when John Howard would have to chime in on it and now. It's not live anymore. Yeah. Which I think is the biggest and most significant change, and you feel that with the way it's edited, with, like, um, certain background music that plays when someone says something, like, spicy or inflammatory. We don't vote anymore Mm. in the same way, which I think is maybe a loss because I remember you'd sit down every Sunday night and Gretel Colleen would be there and you'd have all texted in and she'd be like, it's time to go. Blank, and, and you'd be like, Mom, can I use the phone, please? Know, it's going to cost $5.95 <laughs> per vote, but I need but to. But it's worth it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and also, I think that we now, a lot of these people, they a lot of them have careers based around how they look. Yeah. So everyone on this season is obscenely hot. Like, just a bit rude, actually, how, yeah. how hot they are. Um, and doesn't that just feel a bit boring to you? I, I would watch Love Island. Yeah. <laughs> but I remember, like, the OG days of Big Brother. I was thinking this morning, I was like, there was a season. It might have been, like, 2007 or eight, And they had, they brought on Corey Worthington. Yeah. As a housemate. And a really big plot line was he was at odds with another girl who I think was the same age. She was saying to Corey Worthington that he is giving young people a bad name because of the way he acted on television. And he said that he's just young and he needs to, like, live his life. And that was a really interesting conversation to watch happen on live television. And I feel like we're not going to get that now Mm. because it's not live. And also these people are just focused on wanting to hook up with one another. I question whether the pure intentions of people going on reality TV has been warped in recent years because the pipeline from going on TV to then forging a career in social media or traditional media is there right in front of them. It's really like laid out. Yeah. And I think even last night from the Big Brother premiere, a lot of the contestants have a big social media following It's probably why they were cast. Yeah, exactly. So it's like they're the show trying to then leverage off their following because they know people will tune in for it, but perhaps that's the age that we're in where it's like they need they need to create that extra level of interest if everyone's already thinking that the yeah. show's going to be slightly mid. Maybe, yeah. Well, I just I, I really miss it. I just miss, like, I remember the season that Terry won and Terry was a 65-year-old nana <laughs> and she won the whole thing because yeah. like, they would never cast someone like her now. Yeah. But uh, another thing I wanted to note is that the villain has already been established, Annalise. God bless her. There was a twist at the start of the series where half the contestants went into the house and half the contestants went onto a train somewhere. (laughs) That was horrible. I would just say, if I got stuck on the train, I would have been so annoyed. It did. And Annalise definitely was, and she was letting everyone know about it. (laughs) Dion, um, another contestant, he didn't want to give Annalise the door that she wanted that would have put her in the house. Yeah. 
and she was letting everyone know how ungentlemanly that was. And after the first two times, I was like, yeah, I feel for it. But then once she told everyone that came through the train, I was like, oh, do you have nothing else to talk about? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. You're about to be with these people for a long time. Is this really the, the foot that you want to step in on? Um, and then as people would leave the train to go into the house, she was getting visibly destroyed. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, someone needs to get this girl off this train because her mental health, <laughs> I don't think, <laughs> is going to be able to handle it. Um, is that the vibe that you got, that there, a villain had been established? Yeah, absolutely. And look, I don't know if it was just the editing, whether they just kept replaying her having these annoyed reactions to everything, because we don't know. They could have overhyped it and made it seem a lot bigger, but it was kind of annoying me. I was like, okay, we get it, babes. You're on so the train now. So much screen time dedicated to this woman whinging. I I was like, oh my God. I think it's like, it's funny to reflect on it because I'm sitting here being like, guys, just be real. But at the same time, I'm like, you have to be strategic. You're on a show. Like this is kind of like how you are going to be perceived now. Exactly. Big Brother, famously a game. Yeah. Like there is a, there is a winner. It's not just like, it's not like Love Island. I guess that's the difference. It's not like Love Island where there are winners, but you win together. And it's Mm. also like, will you find a, happiness in a relationship in this show. Mm. Big Brother is a game. There are tasks involved. There are nominations, eliminations, etc. But also, you just raised a good point. We have to be strategic from the start because that's going to be the impression that lives with you once the show's done. Mm. And I wonder if, like, are these personalities lanes being carved out already? Because conversely, Dion is really sort of framing himself as, like, rambunctious over-the-top, just-in-your-face type of guy. And I imagine that would get quite grating yeah. after a certain amount of time too. But granted, that's only what we're seeing. That also feels like more of a character in a reality TV yeah. show, though. So that but, could but, be but, a strategic But when you're thing. living with someone 24-7, like how often can you keep that up? But another thing I want to talk about with this season is that there are sisters. Yes. Competing as one. Don't know what that means when it comes to dating. Mm. <laughs> like, that opens up some questions. But... What, probably the season of Big Brother that I remember the most was the one with the Logan twins on it. Yes. And they had these identical twins and they would swap them out secretly to see if the other housemates could guess. And from my memory, they didn't. That was the peak <laughs> of television. Period. Yeah. Peak of television, period. <laughs> Those twins, they were com- once they were both in the house, they were competing separately and one of them went on to win the show. Yeah. Do you think we're like... Because that's immediately what came to me. It was like, oh, they're doing this again. Are we, like, recycling twists? Maybe they're trying to capitalise on the nostalgia of people loving that storyline of the Logan twins back in the day. Because I feel like this is quite different. Like, the sisters, even though when they were on the show, like, we're the same, we have the same mannerisms. To me, they seem quite different. Yeah, they're also not twins. Yeah, they're framing it like they're already interested in different people. I mean, it honestly probably would be really entertaining if they both went for the same guy or but You know what I mean? Like, that's probably what they're going to be setting oh, up. If that's probably what the producers wanted. You heard Damn it here first. Damn it. Oh, that would be so good. Oh, FML. And also, another we won't get into it in too much detail, but another reason, another way Big Brother is banking on nostalgia now is that they brought back Big Brother uncut. Have they? <laughs> they have. And I have seen a clip and, wow, you... Audiences, please check that out on your own time if you are so inclined. I can't. Okay, let's talk about Big Brother Uncut for a second because if you were growing up with Big Brother, you would know that at around 11 p.m. back in the day, they would show Big Brother Uncut. Mm -hmm. And it is 
No, no bleeping the swear words, no blurring the over bits. any body parts. And I remember, I how old would we have been? Like maybe 11 or 12. Yeah, I young. would like sneak out of my room at night to try and watch it. Like it was, it was the thing. And then you'd go to school the next day. You're looking at me like you didn't do that. No. Did you do that? No. <laughs> you're like, did you watch Big Brother Uncut? And when, you, when you're that young, like it's crazy it's so to see this to you. on your screen. I know. So I guess that's kind of, maybe they'll bring back Friday Night Live as well if they're bringing back... Oh, no, they can't because it's not live. Friday Night Games. They'll call it Friday Night Games. See, I've, I've done the rebrand for you. Uh, Friday but, Night Games, uncut. But, <laughs> <laughs> it's just Wipeout, but they're all naked. <laughs> but look, I mean, I'll, I'm definitely going to tune in and see where this goes because I'm interested. They have me. I have my qualms. Mm. But they have me. Pop Sugar Rush is brought to you by Prime Video. They've got everything from the new psychological thriller series Wilderness to The Continental, an action-packed crime series from the world of John Wick. And the best part? You can watch it all on your favourite devices. Start your 30-day free trial today by visiting primevideo.com. Here are this week's Rushes and Crashes. So my rush this week is, as we know, Katy Perry has been doing a residency in Vegas. Yes, it's it's just come to an end. It has come to an end. And my rush this week is... I love celebrity spotting at concerts and residencies and shows like this. So at the closing show of Katy Perry's residency in Vegas, we had the likes of Prince Harry, (gasps) Meghan Markle. Wait, really? Yeah. They all attended the show. Oh, my God. Orlando Bloom, Celine Dion. Cameron Diaz, Benji Madden. Isn't that just so wild? Like, they're all in the VIP area. And they're just there jamming along to California girls. Two things. Cameron Diaz and Benji Madden may be the Harry and Meghan of, like, 2004 America. Secondly, do you think Meghan Markle's, like, listening to, like, Peacock and just, like, (laughs) getting down and that's (laughs) – and she's just throwing it back. But I did see Celine Dion there. If she thinks you're a good performer, then you know you've made it. Yeah. And Katy Perry, I've never seen Katy Perry live, but I imagine she is quite a good performer. She's very, like, playful and animated. animated. I've yeah. never seen her either, but, I mean, even just her music videos, the costumes are incredible, so I can imagine she'd put on a good show. Yeah, I, all these Vegas residencies are happening. Like, Lady Gaga's just had a few. Kylie Minogue has just yeah. started one. Jacob Elordi's favourite. Why don't we live in Vegas? Who's <laughs> saying Jacob Elordi has a residency? No. <laughs> Yeah, he just sits on stage bacon. and eats bacon. <laughs> what is your rush this week? <laughs> My rush is the first reactions have come in for the Hunger Games prequel film, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. I can't wait to see it. I was sceptical because did we need this? No. The reviews have come in and people are saying it's as good as Catching Fire. Wow. I want to make something very clear right now. I'm going to say it to camera. Catching Fire is the best book-to-film adaptation in history. It is so good. Period. It is near-perfect film. So for this to be compared to that has me very keen. Am I going to miss Jennifer Lawrence and Josh Hutchison? Yes. Yes. Am I happy for Rachel Ziegler? Because I feel like her career has just had a lot of stop-starts recently, and now it seems like she's finally getting the dub that she deserves. Yes. Did you listen to the Olivia Rodrigo song that was released for the film? No, but I did see that she's released one. It was so very exciting. Hunger Gamesy. Yeah, a um, little bit spooky. A little bit spooky, which I liked. I loved Rachel Ziegler's outfit for the premiere because it was giving the girl on fire dress. It was literally, I think it was literally an homage to that. Like Rachel Ziegler understood the assignment. Wouldn't it have been cool if it actually had flames? 
<laughs> True. Maybe she didn't understand the assignment. Rachel Siegel, let's step it up next time, okay? I want to see fire. I want you to be a health hazard walking through the red carpet. Okay, here we go, crash. Okay, my crash this week. I always struggle with my crashes, and this one's a little bit silly, if I'm being honest. Okay. It didn't make me angry or annoyed, but I think it's we can just have a little laugh at it. Go for so it. So here's a headline. Nicolas Cage says he didn't get into movies to be a meme. <laughs> Oh, we've spoken no. a lot. Yeah. <laughs> we've spoken a lot on the podcast about when we love it that celebrities get in on the joke. And unfortunately, in this interview, it doesn't seem that what uh that's what Nicolas Cage is doing. So he's currently doing press for one of his new films and there are a lot. Like can you think of do any Nicolas Cage memes come to mind for you? Many. So many. <laughs> so many. I would say he originated this celebrity meme. Yeah. There's that one of his face like doing like weird like that and then there's like the bees, the bees. Yeah, the bees, the bees <laughs> one is a big one. So oh. during the interview he admitted that it was an adjustment to seeing his characters in memes and video mashups on social media. So I think it comes down to of course, him taking himself seriously as an, as an actor and potentially he feels like this discredits or takes away from the work that he has done. What is your stance on that? I mean, am I thinking about it? Like, is it done to make fun of him or is it done like as a weird celebration of him? I don't think anyone dislikes Nicolas Cage really. Yeah. So I think, I mean, I, I could I could be like, shut up and deal with it. Like, you're a rich movie <laughs> star. But it's also, like, I understand if someone... No, I don't understand, actually, because if someone was to make a meme of this podcast, for example, I'd be like, yes, give me, the, <laughs> give me all the clout. More attention. <laughs> Whereas, like, if he doesn't want it, that's fine. But also, you know... It's 2023. This is the world we live in. I'd be grateful for it because at least people are paying attention to you in some way because if people stop paying attention to you as a celebrity then your job's pretty much over. I just hope that the new movie's not a flop because then that would just no. tempt people to create more memes. On the flip side of that, I hope it succeeds because then it has more meme potential because more <laughs> people will see it. <laughs> My crash is also about movies and memes. Oh, here we go. Again, didn't make me angry. I actually laughed at this, but I feel like it made a lot of people online angry. This is the people's crash, you know? Half crash, half... This is my rash. <laughs> <laughs> A $1 million budget Barbenheimer movie is in the works. The film follows Dr. Barbenheimer, a scientist doll living in Dolltopia, who tries to take out humanity with a nuclear bomb. No, but did you say $1 million? Mm -hmm. So what, someone's making it on iMovie? It's like a B. Like, it's, a B okay. it's intentionally a B movie. <laughs> Think like Sharknado, not even the first one, like the third one. Wow. Okay, <sighs> and what's, what's the public discourse around this film? Do you remember when... Barbie and Oppenheimer both dominated the box office yeah. because they were released at the same time. And people were joking about what studios, what lessons studios would take from it. A lot of people are saying that they didn't expect this. <laughs> like, this was not the lesson that they thought was going to come that from is... Barbenheimer. But when it comes to the IP, like, how are they allowed to create that? I actually don't know. Well, I mean, it's just Barbenheimer. There's no... It'll um, be like Boobenheimer or Boob something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Barbenheimer, there's no trademark on that as far as I know. Ah. So as long as they don't touch on Barbie yeah. or Oppenheimer, they're probably sweet. I mean, look, it's in the works. We don't know if it's going to get made eventually. I hope it does. And I'll be going straight to the IMAX to see it where it definitely won't air. <laughs> in <laughs> 30, might, 35 millimeter. <laughs> it's going to air on some like obscure streaming service that like no one's ever heard of. <laughs> but I will be there and I'll be rooting for Dr. Barbenheimer <laughs> in Doltopia. <laughs> But look, the world is sad and 
bad. <laughs> well. So let's make silly fun little movies. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> that's actually the tagline for the new for the new Barbenheimer <laughs> movie. The world's sad. <laughs> and on that note, thank you guys again for listening to another episode of Pop Sugar Rush. That was fun, wasn't it? It was a delight. And Big Brother enjoyed it more than any. Of I this. want you to sign off as Big Brother after. Oh, this. I can. I can. Um, look. Be sure to follow us on social at Jackson Langford at Star with a double R wow, and Star MCG line. on Instagram. Um, and most importantly, follow at PopSugarAU on Instagram to keep up with all things Russian. And let us know your thoughts on the new season of Big Brother. If you have any comments, concerns, queries of anything that we spoke on today, if you want to turn us into a meme, you can also do that. If you want to tag the producers of Big Brother to have <laughs> me step in as Big Brother, I feel like my resume has been laid out. Clearly. And make sure you hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. Never. And bye. bye.